Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. If you guys tuned in last week, you may have noticed that I did not put an episode out. Uh, Apologies for that. What happened was I was moving to a new apartment and uh, was pretty hectic. So last week's episode is now being pushed to this week, which brings us to our guest today, Katie Jenkins. Katie is a Midwestern graphic designer turned Israeli special ops canine handler. An ex-homeschooler from Missouri, she is now on her way to learning nursing in Israel. She's a fan of flying planes and riding motorcycles, or really any method of going fast. And the latest piece of knowledge that I only recently found out is she's a connoisseur of affogatos. If you don't know what that is, look it up and try them. Anyways, without further ado, I give you guys Katie Jenkins. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dreamer Talks. Today, I'm joined with Katie Jenkins. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, so, Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you've done for the past couple of years in a brief you know two minute thing i know it's like a lot to ask to let's sum do it up. two years and two minutes right yeah two years okay. two minutes uh where you're from what you've done kind of past couple of years sure and then we'll get into some uh, deep questions about life yes let's do that <laughs> so i'm katie jenkins i'm from missouri originally from missouri i moved to israel about almost four years ago now um i made alia five years ago but i didn't come until the, the like four years ago I just got out of the army in January. I served in a canine unit and am now working in security and working towards starting school, going to study nursing. Um, in Missouri, I grew up with a very large family, um, seven kids and my parents. We were... Where are you in the seven kids? I'm number five. I've got mm-hmm. four, four older sisters. No. Four, yeah, four older siblings and two younger siblings. I have to count because when I do it, I do. I do it in Hebrew. I say... Two younger brothers, two older brothers, and two older sisters. And I do it with my fingers, too. Like, that's how Got you know. it. Yeah. Um, and we were almost all of us homeschooled. Um, I myself was homeschooled my whole education, which I really, really enjoyed. I loved that experience. I think it it helped um, all of my siblings kind of develop a, a, like a love for learning and a love for exploring and deciding, hey, this interests me. This doesn't interest me. I want to do this now. I don't want to do this now. Um, wow. So, so that, was, that was us. We were a big homeschool family in the middle of Missouri, in the middle of all the cornfields and the, and the cow pastures and whatever. And um, yeah, and then I moved to Israel four years ago. My parents are still in Missouri and uh, the rest of my siblings are all around the world, like not even all around America, like all around the world. And uh, yeah, my parents are hoping to make Aliyah also in like the next little while, but at the moment it's just me here. Amazing, that's wow, that's yeah. really cool. I did okay. You're like, so, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, the homeschooled uh, thing, the love for learning, yeah. really, I find that really interesting since I have a lot of uh, interesting views on education system and, and how it's built. I'm sure you built. do, yeah. Um, how was it to be totally just with siblings and, and friends? Like, you, I guess you wouldn't, I guess that's a question you get asked a lot for homeschooled kids, right? How did you have friends? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I mean, we had a lot of friends. That's like the first answer is we had a lot of friends. We had friends from our neighborhood. Um, also, it's extremely, extremely popular in Missouri to homeschool. So 
we would do co-ops with other homeschoolers. We would do plays with other homeschoolers. Anything you would expect from your, like your high school or your middle school experience. Like mm -hmm. you do class with other students. We also did. Like we would have a teacher come in and teach us science or we'd have another parent come and teach us, I don't know, something that they know from their life. Um, we would do classes together. Mm -hmm. um, and also we ha would have classes at home. Like it was a nice mix. That's the thing. It wasn't just right. one style of education. Um, but it also did mean that I was very close to my siblings. Right. I am in the middle of four boys. So our daily schedule would look like, yeah, we did school. And then we'd go out in the woods and, you know, back behind our house. And we would like beat each other up with, you know, wooden swords, pretend we were Robin Hood or Zorro or whatever, and just play in the woods. Like it meant we had a lot of time together. Um, to be outside. Yeah. And to just like be a kid, you know, right. like, every day kind of felt like the weekend. It was, that was kind of nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, that whole unstructured, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, we could definitely call it unstructured, yeah. Unstructured organic. system. We'll call it organic. Organic <clears throat> system, mm -hmm. I think, gives you that feeling of yeah. every day is a weekend since you're not waiting for the weekend. It's, exactly. I, I, did you guys also study on weekends sometimes? Like, no, but it... we studied over the summer. Okay. Like, it just meant that your your daily schedule could be very, very relaxed because you're not, like, you're not rushed to get everything done because you're doing it in a school year. Mm -hmm. You learn 12 months out of a year. And also if you go and you travel, like we would travel as a family at least once a month. Like we'd go to Virginia for a month and then, and this month we'd go to Texas for a week or we'd go to California for a couple of days. Like because none of us had this really rigid schedule, it meant we could say, okay, we're gonna do studying while we're in another state or we're gonna put it on hold and come back. Wow. Um, yeah, it just meant like you had a lot of flexibility, which means- I really like that. Yeah. That's like, very interesting uh, take on education. I think it, if anything, relates more to real life. Yeah, uh, like uh, one episode, I was talking with my friend Holia. Yeah, and we were talking about how this this whole structure, supposedly, you know, when you're in, when you're in, we're in high school, we're preparing for our grades for the SATs and to get into university. And then when you're in university, you're preparing in university to get a good job. Get a good job, and you're always. And then suddenly you're in real life, and the good job you need, the resume, the interview the connections and there's so much more as opposed to just that education. And yeah. I feel like that, you know, journey of self-taught and kind of taking that vacation in between the middle of the year, not really scheduling it properly. Uh, it was more on your parents and, For our and work week style. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Tim Ferriss, um, really talks about it. And you had that from yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah. That's incredible. It wasn't even like a lifestyle choice to make later in life because you realize, oh, this would be interesting. It was sort of you grew up with it, which is really nice. Have you ever had that conversation with your parents about it of why they chose it? Yeah. Or? And I know exactly why they chose it. They had mm -hmm. a weird experience with like my older sister's um, high school principal. Um, they didn't like, I guess, the method that they were teaching and the uh, the morals that they were also teaching in school and how they were, they felt like parents that were disconnected to what their kids were learning and not learning and, and whether it was appropriate for them to know it all. And so after one not so good incident that my mother had with the principal, where he said something that my mother did not like, she said, okay, well, I'm gonna take my girls home and finish their senior year in high school, um, like at home. And then from then, like it worked out so well that she decided to do the Keep other five going. kids. Yeah. And I'm really glad she did. That's awesome. Yeah. So wow. it also meant like I got to finish like a semester, a semester early, like a year early mm -hmm. and go to uh, medics course. It meant that you had time in the summer to I don't know, just do courses that you wanted to learn. You could take extracurriculars all the time. Yeah, it was worth it. Nice. And what are some, because from the conversations we've had, 
you've done a lot of different extracurriculars, medic scores, right? Flying, right? Tell me a little bit about your uh, how you see something in the horizon, and mm-hmm. then you take that leap to I'll do it. Like, where does that mentality come from? What goes through your head? So I'll I'll tell you a secret. Um, my mother actually kind of laughs at me about this. So every year in December, I put together a bucket list, um, and I don't do it because like. If I don't write it down, I won't do it. Like if I write it down, I'll I'll do it. But just kind of as a as a as a keta, like as a thing, um, of ten things I want to get done that year, and it's fun to like check them off and say like I did it. Um, but like tasting different experiences is really important for life. Like yes, you want to find something or several things that you get really good at. You spend ten years of your life, if not like forty years of your life, getting really good at it. But it's also a lot of fun to just be able to say, yeah, I did this one time and I experienced it, and and my perspective of the world changed just a little tiny bit. Like, yeah, I got to learn how to fly and how you view um, awareness and how you view like uh, handling machinery and how you view um, us being on earth. Like everything changes a little bit, right? right. Your perspective changes a little bit. Like if mm-hmm. you learned how to, I don't know, you learned woodworking, you learned art, you learned drama, like you know that it changes your perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's some motivation there because it's it's just fun to learn something new. To expand. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as like doing it and being able to say like I had a goal and I, I reached it, um, something in and of itself is just kind of cool to be able to say like, yeah, I want to do something and I got it done. Um, yeah. And it's more for yourself. You're not even like, yeah, I want to clarify like, for the listeners that you're... I don't post my, my yeah, goal yeah. list someplace like, yeah, I've got to get all this stuff done. It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of fun to just to look back on your life and say like, yeah, I got to do that. And yeah, I got to experience that. And, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I would never do that again, you know. Is there a bit of fear of you being in the future and looking back? I didn't get, mm. I didn't do enough. That's a good question. Also because like, okay, I'm almost 25. Like in September, I'll be 25 years old. And I didn't do college. Like most Americans kids do like at 18, they're already signed up. They're already, you know, doing the college experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it, you know, seven years late. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes you look back and you say, wow, my life is really different than other people. Maybe that's not a good thing. Like I didn't experience the same thing everyone else experienced. But then you have a conversation with somebody and they say, wow, it's really cool. You, you got to do something different. And then you're like, okay, you know what? It's, it's okay. Like, I'm glad I did a different track. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit scary sometimes because if you do something that everyone else does, it's easy. Everyone else has a job. Um, everyone just goes to that job, you know, from nine to five. Everyone goes to school. Um, out of high school, you know where everyone else is going. Like everyone follows the same track. And so it's comfortable. Like the conversation's always, you know, where's your next job or what are you doing now? Um, with, with like an anticipated answer, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Um, and when you say like, I'm not following that same track, I'm doing something else and it's going to be kind of weird and it's kind of scary because it's not, it's right. not like. I, a metaphor just came up to my head. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a recipe for food. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. When you know the recipe, you know, you'll get a good cake. Mm hmm. But it's the how, how did someone eventually get to that good cake? Somebody they had the to, cake. Yeah, they had to kind of explore and be a little crazy. Yeah, uh, and add a little bit of sugar and add a little bit of this. So yeah. I, I completely get it. Yeah, we can make this a really deep metaphor. Yeah, there had to be some salt in it for it to you know be a good tasting cake. Put salt. You on have to your have cake. some bad experiences too. It makes the salt. It makes the the cake tastier. Yeah, I'm not saying you, there's anything wrong. You got to compare to. The negative to yeah. see the positive. You have to compare your salt and sugar. All right. That was way too. We got really far into that cake thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, cool. So from your experience of fl- uh, talk a little bit more about the the flying and the, the you, we mm. were talking about it earlier in the car. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you Which, please? I'm going to tell the first part of the story just because it's like funny. Yeah. What we talked about in the car. Mm -hmm. So, so I came to this country. I drafted into the army with like when I when I was in the states, I didn't know Hebrew. I I think I knew the alphabet and a couple words like you know Shabbat Shalom and and Shalom, right? So when you learn all your Hebrew in the army, that means that your Hebrew at some some points in in the army service are not it's not good, right? So like in basic training, my Hebrew was not amazing. Um, and somebody had heard, wow, you learned how to fly in the States. We would love to do an interview with you. That would be so much fun. And so I agreed. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do an interview, um, which turned out to be like a major news um, paper in Israel. And so they did an interview with me in the middle of basic training with my really bad Hebrew. And I'm you know, doing all the questions in Hebrew and explaining to them, yeah, I learned how to fly in this program in the States called Civil Air Patrol. It's a, a preparatory program that a lot of kids will use towards towards the Air Force. And you're saying also, all this in Hebrew. I'm saying all this in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And like my really bad Hebrew, trying to explain these great. concepts and whatever. And she's all writing it down. This is, oh, this is great. This is going to make a great story. Um, and then after I finish the interview, I go off to a week of, of field training where you don't have your phone. You're not connected to the outside world, whatever. And then I come back, you know, at the end of the week, we get our phones. And uh, the same interviewer had sent me, you know, what she'd written. Yeah, the, oh, what do you think of the of the interview? And I read it and I'm like, Oh, honey, this is this is not what I meant to say. Like, I flew Cessnas in a program for high schoolers. You made me sound like an F-16 fighter pilot in the Air Force. And I and so I called her back and I'm like, listen. So I wasn't um, an Air Force combat pilot. I learned how to fly on, you know, my own time through a program called Civil Air Patrol. Like, you have to retrace the story. This is not like this is not true. And she said, no, 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 it's OK. It's OK. Like, uh, like, it makes a good story. You know, we'll leave it. And I'm like, no, no, you have to, like, write something and say, we have an update, like it's not the true story. Just like, no, no, it makes good news. So, so now whenever I go anywhere um, in Israel, they're like, oh, you're the, you're the American fighter pilot. And I'm like, no, but yeah, sure. If that's how you know me, yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, I did, like part of the homeschooling thing and part of like in high school, you had a lot of opportunity to learn other things was I had the chance to be in a program called Civil Air Patrol. This is me plugging Civil Air Patrol right now. It's a great program. Sign your kids up. It'll be linked in the show notes. It'll be linked in the show notes, yeah. At least go look up your local squadron. It's worth it. So I had a friend who introduced me to this program where you can go and you can learn to fly and you get introduced to like Air Force core principles and wearing a uniform. And uh, like the general principle that she sold me, sold me on was, hey, you could learn to fly an airplane. I was like, I'm all for that. Yes, I, I would love to. So I went, I showed up. Uh, I loved it. And through that program, I got like involved in flying and I, like I fell in love with flying 100%. And that's how you're known as a and that's F how I'm yeah, and is, yeah exactly. Um, I did get to solo twice, so I can say I flew. I flew. I flew a plane by myself, um, like Cessna 172s and Pepper Warriors and and uh, Comanche. Like um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I hope that if I go back to the states or some place where flying is maybe a bit less expensive, I would love to get back into it. Yeah, it's just that Israel's a little expensive for for pilots. All you pilots out there, I'm sure you're like you're like yes, it's very expensive. It's a lot of money. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. Um, but yeah, because because you're homes like because of the homeschool experience, you have all this time to be like, hey, somebody comes up to you and says, "I've got this opportunity. Would you like to try something out?" You've got time to say yes, which is really cool. I think right now uh, we're still in the Corona crisis. Yeah, uh, I feel like a lot of people are getting to that same thought that you just mentioned that you have all this time and mm -hmm. you have to try new things yeah how would you tell people that 
I guess for you, it might be hard to explain it because you came from this mentality from when you were little. Yeah. But people who were constantly in this system and are now suddenly given this time to explore new things, what would you try to tell them to, you know, push them to do it? Wow. Okay. So I, I saw something on Instagram. I think there was like a meme where someone says, we have to stop making fun of homeschool kids because now because of Zoom, everyone's a homeschooled kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that 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 says something. If you're doing all of your school at home or you're also getting to work from home now, instead of watching Netflix at the end of the day, like there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely do that. But like you might be interested in signing up for a course or watching instructional videos or saying, hey, this would be really cool to learn or this would be really cool to do. Like, hey, I've always been interested in learning how to invest money in stocks. Like watch a couple of videos. Yeah, like go and do it. Like I've always been interested in learning how to cook because I'm not a good cook, which that's I'm, I'm just speaking from personal experience. I'm not a really good cook and I'm getting better. Um, thank you, Corona. Um, is hey, I'm not a good cook. I'll look up some recipes. I'll watch some instructional videos of like principles of cooking, not just following recipe, but like what does a good chef know? Mm-hmm. And then trying it out, like how to make eggs better in the morning, like what spices you can add, what you can do. Use your time when you're at home. Don't just waste it on Instagram and Netflix. It's great to like you know chill, but also find set some goals and see them through. You know, um, wow. I want to mention your challenge, like. Anyone who watches his podcast knows that, like, anyone who listens to his podcast knows that Abby has the uh, the 100-day, what is it? Sweat. 100 days of sweat. 100 days of sweat. Pick a goal. Pick a certain amount of time that you have to do it. How often you have to do it. Once a day, once a week. And then do it. Like, why Why not, you know? You can get a lot done. Yeah, and, I mean, to that point specifically, you, you asked me what I'm going to do with the, yeah. on the 100th day. and He's I still on day 97. Yes. Uh, maybe by the time I post this, it'll already it'll be, be done. Day I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But what I plan on doing, and it's probably done by now, um, if you're listening, is to do some sort of accountability system. Because me posting on Instagram every single day, there were days where I was just like, oh, damn it, I, I really just don't want to do I don't want to do a workout. I yeah, don't want to like, do this today. <laughs> had a long week, long day. Like, I worked out yesterday. Like, th- these are the things that go through your mind, right? Yeah. And you just tell yourself, no, I got to do it because for the challenge. And sometimes I would just literally do 50 push-ups and, you know, five minutes of abs. And that would be like my chiller day because compared to the other days of what I was doing, it was it was nothing. In, in like you run a 5K, yeah. 5K, insanity. Like, I'd be dripping most days uh, every... I mean, we're, we're going to go work out after this, and we're probably going to be dripping sweat. Day 97. Crazy. Day 97. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... But, but it's the, that goal that is set, and the accountability for me is... For sure, there was an accountability for me that I want to, you know, accomplish this, the 100 days. Yeah. But I also put something external right? Mm -hmm. Putting it online for all my friends to root me on or even tell me like, dude, you didn't post. Like, like there's that. Has that happened? No, it hasn't because I've been keeping it up. Right. But there's that thought in the back of my mind of... If I don't, someone's going to call me If I don't, like 250 or whatever are seeing it daily. Yeah. And suddenly they don't see it maybe for two, three days. If I, you know, if if it's something that I suddenly stop for like a week. They notice, yeah. Then it would be noticeable. You know, because I'm not expecting everyone's always looking at my story. You can probably skip it or whatnot, but some of us are, and some of us would tell them. You know, yeah, we'd call them out and be like, "What's <laughs> your day?" But that's exactly what I. That's my point. Yeah, that there's the accountability. So, I'm holding myself accountable, but I'm also somehow subconsciously getting other people to be accountable to like holding me accountable. Yeah. 
right? And so what I plan on doing for the 100th day is set up this challenge. And hopefully by the time this episode for the podcast is up, like I said, it should already be running. Yeah. Um, to do some sort of challenge for people to hold each other accountable for goals, whether it be workouts or learning a new skill, uh, anything really. For sure. Uh, it's, it's important for your goals in your life, you know, when you have this chazon, uh, this uh, vision. Right, you have to think of the word in English. Yeah, yeah. sometimes languages are, are weird in uh-huh. your mind. Um, yeah, when you have this vision of where you want to be, it's very important to be quiet about it, mm-hmm. but to a certain extent, because there's always people that want to root you on and help you out. And that's the kind of uh, friendships I think a lot of us need right now, especially in Corona. Yeah. Uh, when we're all suddenly not being social and not hanging out all the time uh, in big groups and seeing long lost friends like we, we in our daily life right now in Corona, we had our routine and we had to coordinate this for two weeks in advance or something. Right. Right. And in normal life, you could have events and we'd run into each other and we'd maybe hang out more. Right. And I think it's important to have these connections with lost friends or people that you just want to keep in touch with. So yeah, it's That's actually a really good point. Like you could you could use this as an, as an opportunity to say to somebody you haven't talked to in a really long time, "Hi, I know we haven't talked for a long time. I'm in this project. Do you want to be my accountability partner?" Mm-hmm. Like and suddenly you're not just talking about like what have you been doing? Nothing, it's corona. You yeah. can be like, "Hey, let's do something together." Uh-huh. And you're actually like having a project together without even being together. Exactly. That's a phenomenal idea. Yeah, and it's if you guys would like to be my accountability partner, we'll think of a, an activity and we'll do it together. Yeah, and you can find her with the links below. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to point downwards like you can find us below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or above, depending on what form <laughs> this is posted on. Yeah, so so yeah, it's, it's a matter of just being a good friend is yeah. holding your friends accountable for the sh- stuff that they want to do. Yeah. And... It's also once it doesn't happen. I don't know if you know this, but I had done a hundred days of sweat before, before this. What? Yeah. No. Yes, and it was not successful. What did you did you get to? I got to like forty something. That's uh, I don't really remember. Good. Yeah. Um, and then what so happened? What like, happened what is I I started doing it in the summer right after I finished my army service, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have a plan of like was I traveling? What was I gonna do? Uh, and okay. I ended up starting. I started traveling. I went to first Turkey, then Portugal, then Mexico. Yeah, I did a a, a nice, a nice trip. And the first place I went to was Turkey. And I was like, Oh, damn it, I have to post my 100 days. And it was already Mm -hmm. really late that day. And we had been walking throughout that city for the whole day. So I was like, "Eh, I'll just, I'll just write it down as I walked the whole day, like we were sweating at the end of the day. So I was like, I'll just write it down. I did it right, and yeah. then the next day I fully forgot it because you're so embedded within traveling. You know, traveling is a whole different mindset, mm-hmm. and I didn't put that block of time to even work out for ten minutes. And it's now, you know, in hindsight, talking about it, it sounds ridiculous because ten literally you could do a you could do a workout where you're dripping sweat in ten minutes, if not even e- less. Yeah, yeah, easy. And I didn't I didn't set that up, but it takes mm-hmm. dedication to you know block that time because you also want to shower after to be able to be presentable it's not just 10 minutes i totally get it um but yeah i was i got in a different mood and i kind of accepted it i was like you know what all right i'm just gonna stop i I, instead of kind of lying to myself that's like oh this is okay 100 days is what they're like whatever i started it and there needs to be 
Something allowing different. yourself to shift. So then what did you do different between the first and second times? Like what, what helped you succeed? Uh, there wasn't a big change in my life. I mean, Corona, I guess. The, the, there wasn't a huge change in having my life. Time. Okay, so having having time. That, that time and the yeah. continuity of... Uh, I wanted to really hold myself more yeah. accountable. That even if I did start... Like I, I went... I did go during uh, this Corona crisis to a lot to dive with my brother. Uh-huh. And I was about to tell my brother, I, I told my brother, oh, we dove today. I'll write that down as my 100 days of sweat. Like, I'll mm-hmm. post that. And then I was like, no, no, I can't do that. I, di- I did, like, I, in the back of my mind, I thought, no, I did this in Turkey that time. So then you did do something So different. I worked out in the parking lot of, we, we literally slept on the beach. I like, want to give you a high five. Yeah. I'm giving um, him a Corona safe high five. Yeah. <laughs> I give him a fist bump instead. Uh, so, so I, yeah, I worked out in the parking lot and I, I've kept it going. Even if it's, like I said, just uh, push-ups and... So it sounds like the first thing you did differently was you didn't compromise. Like the first part of meeting your goals is saying, this is what it looks like to succeed each little step of the way. Like if every day it's to do a workout, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to mark something off as something that it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, like if my goal is... I want to do 100 days of Arabic. Every day is to do a certain thing. And I'm not going to say, I took a taxi with uh, an Arabic speaking guy and we had like a two second interaction where I said, right. Salam Alaikum. Yeah, like, it's, important to, it's important to put um, actual attainable goals that you can... What each step actually your checklist. looks like. Yeah, and you don't compromise. Your, your bucket list that you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. The bucket list. The, the checklist. I think in order to get success, you have to have... Uh, yeah. Did, did you also maybe like the second time around, did you maybe set off things that were like, this counts as a workout? Like, or I run or I do insanity or I do at least 50 pushups. Like you mm-hmm. had in your mind a, a list of things that counted as a workout. Right. So I'll, I'll just do a picture of like where the actual 100 days of sweat comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this awesome channel. Yes, theory. Uh, I'll link it below also for anyone who wants to check them out. Um what they had mentioned was we're starting this for, for their followers and I follow them. Uh, we're starting this 100 days of sweat challenge and a sweat can be whatever you define it. Okay. And he then said, for me, a sweat will be when a drop of sweat hits the ground when I'm working out. And that's very clear. Yeah. yeah it's clear. Like you're dripping sweat. Yeah. <laughs> and a drop of sweat. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, it was okay. A drop of sweat or when you're clearly out of breath, like, working out your mm-hmm. heart beats up and you know it wasn't just going up the stairs in a you know two-story Ooh, that could building. Be a thing. you could be like if i check my pulse and it's above right I, I didn't like, actually yeah. set a specific thing because sure. i actually went overboard than what it would have been right mm-hmm. like oh i have to get to my pulse to 130 like mm-hmm. whatever if that would have been it every hundred like every day it's been you know I don't even want to check my... A couple cups of coffee check. and is already yeah. up there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could, yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's definitely like if with other goals, with forget the 100 days of sweat if, and, and anything, I think it's important to set those attainable mini goals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Jos, if you guys check out the other episode, uh, he mentioned you have uh, guppy goals and you have... Yeah. Uh, I forget what animals he said, but he basically described small animal, bigger animal, and bigger, and, and then elephant goal and blue whale goals. Mm-hmm. And in order to get to the blue whale goals, you have to start with, with small gap, ones. Yeah. Which is, I think, wow. So whoever knows the application Duolingo for learning a language, mm-hmm. they are really good at doing that because they build a habit and they do that by having gubby goals. Every day, 
you tell yourself, I want to do five to 15 minutes and you can't do less and check it off. Like if you want to be able to say, I've checked off my day, then you do a certain amount of mm -hmm. language learning. And then you have streaks kind of like Snapchat, right? right. So if, if I want to do hundred days of it, I have to do it every day in order for it to count towards my hundred days. Like it, it's, or you'll, it's an application. you lose the streak. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same principles right. that you can use for any habit you want to build. So it's a matter of building that app, you know, and I'm yeah. doing air quotes if anyone's on the audio uh -huh. um, for your life. Yeah. Transferring that mentality of I'm going to lose my streak or I'm going to lose my motivation. Like, Forget streak. You know, streak is like it, it sounds too, uh, you know, bragging rights kind of thing. Right. Um, I think it's more of a personal thing and holding yourself accountable and being truthful with the goals that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned before, the first 100 days of sweat, I had this goal, 100 days, and the beginning, that was my goal. And then I reached a certain realization that, oh, right now my life is taking a shift. Mm -hmm. And you can modify your goals. And it's totally okay in life to modify goals and to modify um, the direction that you're going. To forgive yourself too. Exactly. Forgive, yeah. like, yeah, there was a couple of days where I was like, oh, damn it. Like, I, I stopped posting and whatever. But then I, I just enjoyed the trip and I had that mindset of like, now I'm traveling and I'm going to make the best out of traveling. Like, forget this. Um, I don't forget, but like kind of for, forgive that uh, failure or that that drop that I did. Yeah, which is why a streak is not always the best way to think about it, because mm -hmm. you break a streak, you don't have a streak anymore. Yeah. Like, you can forgive yourself a day here and there. It's like, yeah. If your if your blue whale goal, we'll take the example of the hundred days of sweat. Mm -hmm. If your blue whale goal is to say, listen, I want to study medicine one day, and I want to do emergency medicine. So I want my blue whale goal to be, I want to be healthy enough and strong enough to help other people. And then you break it down and you say, that means every couple of years I want it to look like this, or I want I want to do these workouts because I want to be stronger. Like, then you can forgive yourself for a day because the the point of it is bigger than that, mm -hmm. which is also your motivation, which means. It's also a reason to forgive yourself and it's also a reason to do it in the first place. Right. Yeah. I liked your, your gut beat a big whale. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that was close. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, close. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do a little shift here. Okay. What have been some uh, challenges and uh, shifts in goals uh -huh. that have defined your path? That have defined my path? So I really, one, I really like the question. It's a really good question. Any question that has to do with what are the challenges? It's already a good question. So when I was in high school, I was a graphic designer um, from the age of about 16. And I was, uh, actually that in itself was kind of a challenge. I, my first client as a 16 year old was just a friend of a friend who their daughter was gonna be an Olympic athlete and she needed business cards. And I'd never done any designing before that. I had like sketched some stuff and a little bit of art here and there, nothing too insane. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll make you some business cards, you know, for this athlete. Um, I made her some cards and she said, oh, I really liked them. And I, I really liked using them. You might think about doing this to more people or for more people. And so mm -hmm. I just like picked up another client here and then another client there. And they'd all have projects like, hey, I need this done. I need a logo. And I'd never done a logo before, but yeah, I'll figure it out, sure. Or the time someone said, I need you to do a website. And I knew nothing about coding. I knew nothing about WordPress. I knew nothing about websites. And I said, you need a website? Sure, let's make you a website. 
And I immediately turned to my dad and I said, help me do this. I don't know what I just said yes to, but we'll make it work, right? Like, yeah. that's that's the part of, you know, just picking it up on the way is you say yes to a challenge and then you figure it out afterwards, right? So I was in, and I was on this track for about uh, the next six years on learning and doing design. Like graphic design was my life. I loved it. And, um, and my plan was to keep doing design after the army because I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And after I got a response back from design school and they said that I wasn't accepted. Oh, by the way, like I, I applied for design school a couple months ago, didn't get in. And that's okay. Like it's a challenge. We just shifted. You just say, all right, this one didn't work. We'll find a different direction. Um, and when I was also in high school, another thing we had a chance to do was, was EMT school. So I'd already had an interest in medicine, um, especially emergency medicine. And I thought, you know what I'd really like to go towards is like emergent, like uh, trauma nursing. Mm-hmm. And so instead of sitting there and saying, oh, why didn't I get in? What happened? Um, you just turn back around and you say, okay, so then what's the next thing? What's the next step? Um, so that's one of the shifts. Um, oh, challenges. Like, you know this. There's plenty, plenty of challenges in the past three years, like four years, let's say. Like moving to a different country, learning a different language, being in the army, eating army food, eating tuna. Like there's so many challenges to pick from. Well, now you're a tuna chef. And now I'm a tuna chef. Yeah. Toast chef. Really good at making tuna <laughs> toast. Um, wow. Do you want me to pick like a challenge and talk about that? That if you're open to it, that'd be, yeah. So why not? So I'll pick a challenge that I think a lot of people can like, yeah. especially lone soldiers can, uh, can relate to mm-hmm. is the whole Hebrew thing. Mm-hmm. Especially for those that came to this country and didn't grow up in a Jewish environment. I at all did not grow up in a Jewish environment, maybe a little, little bit. So I didn't come with any Hebrew knowledge beforehand. I got to this country. I had five months before my draft and I did Opan, which is like Hebrew language studies mm-hmm. while working in a hotel. And so it was from the very base level of Hebrew, um, five months of studying, five to, I'm trying to think of how many hours a day it was. Maybe yeah, five hours a day in the morning and then going to work in a, like a Hebrew environment and just sort of picking up on the way. And then you draft straight into the army another three months of army upon like army language learning, um, raising the level up a little bit more. But still, like you, you're suddenly in an army environment in a language that you don't understand and you're being yelled at to do things that you don't know what they want you to do, but you'll just try to find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you end up in basic training for combat. And yeah, you understand mostly Hebrew, but you don't really know what's going on. You have to just watch people and figure it out. Um, not everyone has a ton of patience for you. Some people do, some people don't. Um, and now when I just got out of my army service, I ended up as an instructor teaching in a foreign language, in a language that I had learned in three, eh, in two and a half years, about three years. Mm-hmm. And thinking back, like that's a really cool thing. Like. It wasn't a goal that I necessar- necessarily set for myself as a, oh, this is my blue whale goal is to be able to speak Hebrew mm-hmm. so that I can teach. But it kind of ended up as that, where each guppy step was every day you you learn a bit more. Every day you ask someone for more vocabulary words. Every day you write an essay. Every day you, you raise your hand and you ask, what does that word mean? And the big idea was you get good enough that you can teach in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of those challenges that turned out to be like from a challenge to something I think gorgeous, like to be able to say, I didn't speak a word and it was so, so bad. Like also like a really bad accent and everything to being, yeah, like I successfully taught in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Still with a really bad accent, but like made something, <laughs> made something really cool. But you it. got your thoughts across and yeah, and you yeah, felt yeah. Confident. confident. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. 
no, that's also one of the things that this challenge um, kind of gave you in return was, I think anyone who learned how to speak Hebrew while in the army or in a foreign language in a foreign country, it gives you a lot of confidence. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I can tell you uh, language learning and I guess it could be applied to any skill is patience yeah. and, uh, and practice. And the ability to, to like fail and just be like, you know, it's okay. I sounded like 100%. an idiot and it's okay. And you can even go back to your first language of how you originally learn it. You're a baby that doesn't know anything. And from body language and emotions and your parents, you know, grabbing your hand and saying hand, mm -hmm. you eventually understand that it's a hand. Yeah. And eventually you understand that it's a table and a microphone and all these things. It's the same thing with adults. And I think when adults say, oh, yeah, it's harder for adults to learn a language. Kids can pick it up a lot easier. I think it's because kids, that insecurity of failure mm -hmm. and constantly, I mean, kids are always failing and getting yelled at. And it's, it's something that you're used to as a kid. Mm -hmm. So when you're an adult and you make mistakes, there's so much more like insecurities. We're also worried about being embarrassed. Like what's the yeah. problem with being embarrassed? Honest, honestly, like people would say, how do you, how, how do you not get so embarrassed speaking a second language and not saying words that, that aren't right? Like who cares? Make a fool of yourself and laugh at yourself. Like that's mm -hmm. fun. You're only living once. It's okay. You can, you can fall down and pick yourself up and do it a hundred times like that. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, for me, Hebrew was the third, third language. Oh, right. Right. Because you also speak Spanish. I, yeah, Spanish is my first language. Okay. But it's also funny because in Spanish, I also forgot a lot. Or not forgot. Like, I speak at home with my family. Okay. But uh, to the limited vocabulary of my family, like, I, I don't know how to read well in Spanish Most or of your write family well. their first language too? Yeah, yeah. My parents and my siblings, we all speak Spanish at home. But it's mainly speaking. Oh. Like, I, I won't sit down and read a book in Spanish. Also, I'm not a big reader. Okay. I, mean, I mostly do audiobooks. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, I'm honestly like there, there's the big whale goals is to learn five or even six languages as a whole, right? Yeah. And it's it's just taking those steps to understanding that you're gonna fail so many times and you're gonna say a word that can sound with a slight modification be a swear word. Uh, yes, or that be happens like, too something else uh -huh. and you're trying to say that something else but you end up telling your teacher that she's uh a donkey did you actually say did this actually no, happen this 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 happened maybe to somebody else somebody too. else yeah okay i got gotcha. you this, this is someone else story yeah when okay. in, in hebrew there's hamora which is the teacher or hamora which is a, a female donkey <laughs> yeah. you don't want to call your teacher that. yeah so but it can you can see how that can mm -hmm. happen um but it's totally fine because you'll have that moment of that moment of that mistake. You can uh -huh. be like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Or you can be like, oops. <laughs> it's a really like, funny story yeah. afterwards too. Like afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's a really funny story. Yeah. But in retrospect, when, when you're that person yourself and you're the one that just called again, like, you understand suddenly like what mm. you've done, it, it can be very embarrassing and it can be very daunting. And I think, Going back to big, you know, failures or our problems in life. What kind of uh, technique do you have in your in your thought process? Yeah. To pick yourself up from those realizations of failure. 
or realizations oh, of good question shit i fucked up like so what do, what do i tell myself when i failed what's the first thing that goes through my mind yeah. kind of first thing that goes through my mind is well at least i didn't die mm -hmm. no one died right if no one died then it's okay it can be fixed right worst that can happen is someone else's feelings can hurt and that if someone else's feelings get hurt then of course you've got something you need to work with right mm -hmm. But then we're we're also adults, you know. We can we can talk. Like the first thing that you that you that I think of when I fail is okay. What do I need to do now to make this better? Not not fix it, not to where it used to be, but take the situation and turn it into something better. You know, like oops, I accidentally called my teacher a female donkey. How do I make this better? You're not gonna get like you, you've already said it, right? It's mm -hmm. happened. So now it's gonna be a funny story. Now you say, whoops, I'm sorry, I don't speak this language. It happened, mm -hmm. right? Like. If you failed and hurt somebody, first thing you do is apologize. And then you think of like, okay, what now? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like times that I've accidentally said things that I really should not have said in Hebrew. And I'm pretty sure there was plenty of them. There was this one time that, okay, so one of the girls that might said it, uh, it's okay. So it's not really a funny story. You can, <laughs> you can erase this part. Um, something about a banana. So like, I'll just tell the story anyway, because it's kind of funny. So in my Tzavit, there's me and another girl that like are lone soldiers. Mm -hmm. And so every time they're like, they're saying a word that you don't understand, you're like, what does that word mean? And one of the girls said something, blah, 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 banana. And so Leia was like, maze banana. And all the girls were like, what? They looked at her like, banana, new banana. And she's like, maze banana. Oh, banana. Like it was, anyway, so now my, all my seven girls would be like, oh, banana. Anyway. Because of the saying. accent. Yeah. 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 She didn't understand the word because yeah, of yeah. the accent. Yeah. No, that that's a uh, what was it? Uh, I don't think I've ever said anything that was like actually offensive. A burger, a burger. It happens to Israelis they when say, they order a, a burger. Oh, they say a and he wants a burger, <laughs> and it's a burger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, language uh, can always. I mean, look with with language, the mistake usually ends up being a funny story. Yeah. Uh, do you Which have? Is the best part, yeah. Do you have any anecdotes? that you would be comfortable sharing where you picked yourself up from after a failure yeah that might not be language something else that you 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 did that quick switch of you know with that language metaphor that we can go on saying sorry and moving forward and how how did you sometime that i failed and i just picked myself up like there was a let's see i have to think about it Let me think about it and ask it again, okay? Because, okay. yeah, there's plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. It's, just it's, my it's, head a, it's a big question. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait, let me think of my... It happens pretty often. It's usually, usually, like, I forget somebody's name and you call them by a different name and you're like, oops, that's, you know, not your name. Um, man. Failures that you just pick yourself up from. Why, do you have one? Do I have one? Something really embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. <gasps> wow. Wait, I maybe do? Yeah, like, it's just an embarrassing story. It's not really like a failure that I picked myself up from. Um, there was, so I was training, uh, like, powerlifting mm -hmm. with, a, with a trainer, with Sean that you met tonight, mm -hmm. today. And um, uh, I was working on a lot of squats, right? And uh, I was on a train from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem one time. And I was just riding up the escalator, minding my own business, listening to music on my, on my earphones or whatever. And the gal behind me, like, I'm riding up the escalator. And underneath us is, you know, half of Jerusalem, a bunch of very religious people. And I'm riding up close to the top and somebody, you know, taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and I look at her and she's like, 
excuse me, ma'am, the back of your pants is all the way torn open. And I looked down and I had this like this cold sweat. I looked down and like from the top of my jeans to the very like underneath the back pocket, and it's just like oh, ripped open. Gosh. And I'm like, oh gosh. Anyway, I was wearing a scarf. So at least I had something to like wrap around me, but underneath is like, you know, religious Jerusalemites that just, they, they look a little bit up and they can see me riding up the escalator like that. Anyway, I have no idea when it happened, but I texted the my trainer afterwards. I was like, so the squats have been working. My pants are no longer working. Anyway. Oh, yeah. wow. That is, wow. Yeah, a little bit embarrassing. Anyway. Oh, good thing you had that scarf. Yeah. Thank goodness we had a scarf. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. Anyway. Wow. It's okay. a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have a bandit for certain scenarios, right? Right, right. Um, okay. Let's go back to your graphic design, or you can apply this to any other time in your life. Mm -hmm. when someone asks you for a favor or a graphic design job or whatever time in your life and it's something that you don't want to do or can't do or you just want to move it aside how do you say no to people how do i say no to people if it's something that i don't want to do or don't think i should do or i guess both yeah uh both the question is more coming from for for the saying no is yeah. sometimes very important. You know, you have to yeah. understand what your abilities are and all that. So, like, wh- what are your... Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, that's actually a really good question because um, saying no is, is not something that was very easy to, for me to do. And I think I'm getting better at it. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm, I'm getting better at saying, listen, this is my this is my line for whatever reason. Like, I, I just don't want to do this. I don't have the time for it. Or I don't think that's necessary for me to do right now. Um, and the first step is understanding why would you say no? Like when somebody says, would you do this for me? Um, or even understand like, why, why would you say yes? Why would you say no? What is it? What does it benefit you? What does it benefit them? Uh, what are the risks? Um, so my first thing, if someone asks me to do something and I want to say no or yes, it's why would I say yes or no? Um, and, and then if it's, I want to say yes or no, it's why I want to say yes or no. And then what are the risks and benefits and weighing them? Um, I think it's very it's it's an important skill to be able to say no. It's very hard, and also be able to say no and then give a reason or not give a reason to know when you need to, when you don't need to. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. No, I, yeah. I think for me, it's it's always been a challenge to say no because yeah. I'm very, I'm a very it, it, by nature I'm a very giving person. And you want to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. For when like a favor for a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, I figured there might be other listeners or viewers that are that are also struggling yeah. with saying no and, and how to say no and mm-hmm. and when to say no. Yeah, food for thought. <laughs> uh, all right, do you have anything currently that mm-hmm. you are reading, listening to, or uh, inspired by mm-hmm. that you would recommend to me to listeners? So I just finished a book by. Dick Feynman about physics. I understood about 0.06% of it, but it was a really interesting book because um, he's he's a physics professor that was able to take a lot of the very, you know, very difficult physics principles to explain and explain them in a way that like a layman can understand. Um, I read a book by him and then another book. You know what it's called? Or it's not, I'll link called, it after. let me think. It's called. It's called. It's called. Like he's got a different book that I'm thinking of. So this I'll, I'll link it below, and you can we, you can check it out for and sure. I'll link it to the sure. episode. 
Um, that was the last book I read. And then I just picked up another book today called The, Pom the Compound Effect about uh, um, compounding, investing, um, making something worth more later on. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. I'm also reading The 4-Hour four four hour Chef. 4-Hour Chef. 4-Hour Chef. When I mentioned like trying to get better at cooking, it's a long book. It's it's like 500 pages or something like that. But it's one of the things I'm reading through to like try to get better at that. Did you already read 4-Hour Workweek? I did a long time ago. I have it upstairs. Do you really? Yeah. It's next to my bed right now. It's a, it's a good book. It's amazing. He's a good writer. Um, but that's one of the books I'm reading just because if you if you say, I've got this weakness in my life. I'm not really good at this. I'm not really good at that. And you have a reason to get better at it. Like my reason to be better at cooking is because I like to eat and I like to eat food that tastes good. So if you have a weakness, it's to say, okay, then how do we fix it? What's the next step for me? That's reading a book and watching videos on how to cook better and then cooking better. You know, it's finding a problem in your life. Like first off, it's saying I've got a problem and then doing something to fix it. And that's one of the things I'm doing. Yeah. So four hour chef. Oh, we are really linking uh, Tim Ferriss today. Yeah, we're going to hashtag Tim Ferriss right now. Yeah. Well, honestly, he was one of the inspirations for me to start this podcast. Yeah. I, I listen to his podcast a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and Well, a lot of different podcasts that I listen to. And, and that was the inspiration, you know, that I want to. I know a lot of people that can share their knowledge and their thoughts about yeah. their life. For sure. So why not do it myself? And I'm also having awesome conversations in the process. So <laughs> really good coffee. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, cool. So, Katie, mm -hmm. is there anything else that you would like to add to the listeners? And yeah, I'll ask that first and then I'll get to the... I would just like to add that I think now is a phenomenal opportunity to list out all the things that you'd like to get better in, either because you're not so good at them or just because they, they interested you at some point. And take the opportunity now because of Corona to just really go after it and don't do it by yourself. Like you were saying, find a person to do it with. There's no reason why not. Like we're all in this together. We're all sitting at home by ourselves together. Get an accountability partner, start learning something new. Start getting better at something that you were not very good at. There's no reason why not to. So take, take 100 days, find something you wanna get better at and then do it. There's no reason right. why not. Well, this this episode is gonna go up and the, this challenge is either already live or- It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen and it'll just keep on happening and hopefully it spreads. Amazing. Where we have accountability partners. We're definitely going to be accountability partners for. Some yeah, I'm thinking goal. about like what project we're going to yeah. do. Yeah, what's what's something that we both want to get done together? I don't know. I've never I, surfed in this country. Are we going to? Okay, we, we can go surfing. We can go surfing. Okay, or we could. What's the next? You said you wanted to learn five or six languages. What's the next one you want to learn? Uh, Arabic and Chinese. Done. Arabic. Yes. We're gonna okay. we're gonna we're gonna Corona five again. Okay. Yeah. Chinese. Uh, okay. Ni hao wu shi ebi. That's all I know so far. Wait, was that hello? My name is Abby. Yeah. Okay. I hope that's I still didn't more than that. My friends who know Chinese are going to definitely be like, be like that, that was, was not the right pronunciation. You just swore at us. <laughs> you just called us a female donkey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> he failed. He's picking him. He's apologizing and now he's picking himself up and he's going to do better. Yeah. No, yeah. but for languages, uh, for anyone that ever struggles with a language, know that if anyone ever makes fun of you for your accent, you can laugh back at them because you know one more language, at least one more language than they do. So you, when they laugh at you, you can just laugh right back. Because just wait, you're the one making progress. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's awesome. And awesome. Uh, last thing, how can people reach you 
for either design or to find out what you're doing? So you can find me on Instagram, katiejenkins.co, which I'm sure the link will also be below. Mm -hmm. You can tag me on Instagram, or you can also find my website, which is katiejenkins.co. Um, which is K-A-T-I-E-J-E-N-K-N-S dot C-O. I just felt like I was saying a phone number for a second there. Anyway, um, if you have design questions. Terms and, or, yeah, right. <laughs> Terms and conditions. Um, yeah, you can find me at katiejenkins.co. Awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, it's been a real pleasure to... Abby, I had a lot of fun. I was really looking forward to this like for the past two weeks or however long it took for us to, to talk about this. I was like, I was really looking forward yeah. to this the whole time and I had a lot of fun talking to Likewise. you. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, this is it's really been since i've put this this is one of you know one of the challenges that i've put to do weekly episodes it's been very very fulfilling to either catch up with old friends and then just have awesome conversations so for all the listeners who have gone to this point thank you for listening let me know what you've thought of this episode and if you've heard other episodes please leave comments and share with your friends and let me know what you want to hear about because Honestly, the viewers and I mean, I'm only doing this for other people to get to know my friends and the great knowledge that they have, but it's also for me to connect with other people. So I've really enjoyed and uh, we'll now be accountability partners for surfing and Arabic. So done. Yeah. Done. (laughs) Wow. Okay. This is going to be exciting. All right, guys. Peace out. Peace out. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Katie Jenkins. If you would like to take part in the challenge that we propose during this episode, uh, just set a challenge aside for yourself and find a friend to hold each other accountable for it. Uh, It's a simple way to improve your skills or just learn something new. I strongly recommend it because if you have friends that support you and you support friends, it's a lot easier to get things done. So uh, anyway, leave a comment if you've started a challenge or if you simply like the episode. Really, really appreciate it and share with your friends been a real pleasure and hope to see you next week thank Thank you for watching and keep on dreaming. dreaming